Doctor's Companion brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show we're going to be talking about the Series 8 episode Flatline, uh, which is written by Jamie Matheson once again, two in a row, and uh, directed by Paul Wilmshurst. Um, So we're going to get into full spoilers on that in a little bit, but before we do, Nick... Before we do, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, we didn't uh, we didn't get any emails or anything. We were <laughs> no. Uh, before we do, want to get everybody's overall thoughts on the episode. Uh, I I just I want to I want to just say uh, real quick, this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, I uh, loved this. I thought it was really great. I thought it was a really great Doctor Who episode. Like, they just did really cool things with um, the Doctor-Companion relationship. And I thought that Clara was – I think this is her best episode she's ever had um, as a companion. It was really, really stellar. And uh, great monsters. Um, The Boneless. Really, really great monsters. So – uh, overall, I thought this was, uh, I think this is my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, what did you, what did you guys think? Cassandra? Um, I honestly don't know if this, this might be my new favorite. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Um, cause last week was also really good. Also mm-hmm. this writer. So yeah. good. Let's yeah. keep him. Let's keep him. This was his, uh, this was actually the first episode that he wrote. And oh, then really? they like, yeah. And then they liked it so much. They, they made him write another one. And then that one ended up being before this one. Didn't that happen last year with, um, with the haunted house episode? Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, uh, uh, what's his name from, uh, Luther. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget that writer's name again. Neil something. Neil Luther. Neil Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Neil something. Yeah. He wrote the haunted house one first and then he, and then he wrote the, uh, the, the singing, one. the rings of Akaten. Yeah, it's the one. Personal yep. favorite of mine. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so that seems to be a, a a trend with new writers, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy, he uh, he can come back anytime. Yeah. It's good, it's good stuff. I love um, this. This yeah. is so good. Ugh. Oh, so good. Uh, Nick, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, the regeneration was a surprise. Um, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Really played that close to the chest. Um, excited, excited to have uh, Peter Dinklage on board. Uh, oh my god! Um, but but no, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to be on board the Jamie Matheson train. Um, as you guys know, I wasn't quite. Um, I wasn't quite on board. Oh whoa, well, on board with Mummy on the Orient Express. <laughs> Hey. Uh, didn't even try. Um, like I thought that episode was really fun, but it wasn't like memorable to me. It was kind of like it was it was kind of softball. Who? Uh, but I know a lot. Of, I know I'm in the minority, and I and I'm, I'm proud. That I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy I'm in the minority because I'm happy people enjoy are enjoying the show. 
Um, but this was just so effing good and so clever and so many cool ideas. It was obviously just a, a young writer, relatively young. I don't, I don't know how old he is, but just a, a person having just so much fun playing with the world. There, there were so many ideas and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe no one's done that before. And the writing was really sharp and witty, and the doctor. This was this was the the most. This was a quintessential Twelveian episode. Yeah. And there was a moment I thought about you, Scott, where I think Twelve finally had his um, the eleventh hour moment that we'll talk yeah. about. But oh um, yeah, but yeah, and I think. But then, in addition to being interesting, like in terms of here's the monster, here's the challenge, it was also a very interesting thematic episode, and. The theme of series eight continues to deconstruct and really investigate the nature of the relationship between these two people mm-hmm. and who they are in each other's lives. And I'm just really, just really uh, pumped that Moffat is and the writers are doing this because it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like I can't believe we've never really explored this relationship before that's sort of been taken for granted for fifty years. And mm-hmm. yeah, hats off to Jenna Coleman. Uh, Clara Oswald is just such an interesting character now. Um, and we just learned so much more about her life in this episode. And yeah, really cool visual effects, genuinely unsettling. Yeah, th- this and Listen are like neck and neck for me. Yep. Um, gosh. And then we're, we're about, and now this officially begins act three of the season. And I could not be more excited. Yeah, and it feels like it because you get that scene at the end, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. That feels like, oh, here comes Act Three. It's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, it all feels like it's coming to a head. And uh, and you know, and next week we get another new writer and our first female director of the season. Yay! Um, Cherie Folkson, uh, who is the director of the Decoy Bride. Um, oh, which, good. Which Nick is not a fan <laughs> of. Good, good news. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but but the writer Frank Cottrell Boyce is a is a new writer, but he only wrote one episode this season, so um, we'll see how how next week. Also, is it is it just me or does it look like Danny's a companion next week? Sure, looks like it. Yeah, yeah. It does. Or or the doctor at least takes like Danny's class on a field trip or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was kind of confused about that. That I mean, you know, you see those next time trailers, and you're like, most of the time, you don't really know what what any of it means, but I was especially confused about next week's. So I was like, is it little red riding hood? No, there's a bunch of people and there's now there's a tiger. There's a class. Kids. Danny. What's happening? No sign of what's going on. No (laughs) sign of what's her. Is it me or do those kids look significantly younger than the kids that we saw in the caretaker? Is that weird? No, I think, I think, um, I, I don't know. I think maybe it's like some kind of maybe maybe Danny's like a like a Boy Scout troop leader or something. Of course he is. <laughs> or like some kind of Boy Scout sure. troop. Obviously, I don't think they have the Boy Scouts in England, but they probably have something similar to that. Or like uh, um, the King's know, Boys volunteer. The King's Boys. <laughs> <laughs> the little um, the little gents. Well, maybe it has something to do with that military club that he has. Oh right, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're really uh, that really weird kind of scary thing that he is in charge of yeah maybe it's something like that <laughs> i don't know anyway all right so let's talk about uh flatline with full spoilers uh but before we do I want to remind you that today we are sponsored as we are every day by dcbservice.com the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles at discounts your local comic book shop just can't compete with use dcbs 
to place your orders two months in advance and get discounts of 40% off and special discounts up to 50% off. So place an order as big or small as you like and ship monthly, bi-weekly, or weekly with flat rate shipping of only $6.95 every time an order goes out. So thanks to DCBService.com. Also, InStockTrades.com, the site where you can purchase any hardcover, paperback, graphic novel collection that's currently in print and massive discounts of 25 to 45% off. And if that's not good enough for you, check back on Wednesdays for new release specials of 50% off every single week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping so thanks to instocktrades.com um all right so let's uh let's 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 talk about the, the probably like the biggest moment of this and kind of work our way backwards um it, okay so it seems to me that everyone is making a big deal about this missy thing um at the end where she's like oh i chose correct i've chose well hmm. by clara blah 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 and and i've heard people be like oh is this like the next iteration of the doctor and i'm just like no isn't she just the shop lady that's yeah. i mean that's all they're saying right she's the shop lady so she yeah. chose clara right okay can we can we just really quickly um for my sake uh can we reiterate the mythology behind the shop lady uh yeah, so in Clara's first episode, um as real Clara, not the two fake out Clara. The Bells of St. John. Right. In Bells of St. John, uh she gets the TARDIS's phone number from a lady in the shop. Cuz she's like, "Oh, I'm having computer trouble." And the lady in the shop is like, "Here, call this number." And so she calls the number and it's and it's the 11th Doctor in the TARDIS. Yeah. And he's like, how did you get this number? She's like, oh, the lady in the shop gave it to me. And he's like, what lady in the shop? She's like, I'm having computer problems. And he's like, what lady in the shop? And she's like, but can you come fix my computer? And then he does, and they have an adventure, and then they're doctor and companion. Um, and then you f- are supposed to forget about the lady in the shop. And then they, they started uh, re-mentioning it again. In with deep the breath. Doctor. In deep breath, wasn't it? Right, in deep breath. But but yeah, so so the, so so the some mysterious lady in the shop gave her the TARDIS's phone number. And uh, and so that lady is behind the fact that Clara is um, the doctor's companion. Yeah, currently seems seems pretty cut and dry to me. Yeah, yeah, it seems I, I find it odd that she refers to her as my Clara. That's a little weird, but yeah. But outside of that, sure. I I thought it was pretty. I don't know. Yeah, I know. forward. Because uh, um, just now, because I I just finished watching it watching it um and i don't know i was thinking about all the um like the weird robot things and i was like oh is the doctor a robot are they bringing back like the mini stupid robot things from last season or whatever and or (laughs) is is I, i don't know i i i feel like this scene kind of lends more credence in a roundabout way to the fact that missy might be the master Mm -hmm. um or maybe like good master yeah Mm -hmm. let's let's go for that one um Mm. or i don't know it's it's interesting because it's it seems like um missy was looking at clara through the doctor's eyes so maybe she has like access to the doctor and i don't know why that would be or how that happened um i don't know we'll find Could out have something to do with his new uh regeneration cycle yeah um but i don't know i was thinking because remember um over the summer i think it was or poss- possibly before that 
when there was this thing going around that Moffat called up Russell T and was like, hey, so you have a you have a theory about, like, this guy appearing and possibly being the doctor. Please, like, you know. And they talked about it, and Moffat was like, oh, that's brilliant. I'm going to use it. Like, maybe that's what that is. Wait, which thing? The, you know, because, um, I don't know. Did, did you guys hear about uh, this conversation that Moffat and Russell T. Davies had about casting Peter Capaldi and, like, Oh, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to hear it. Okay. Oh, no, they had a conversation, and Russell T. had this grand scheme theory for, I don't know, way of explaining away this man's reappear- constant reappearance, because he showed up in the Pompeii episode in David Tennant, and he showed up in, I think, Children of Earth in Torchwood, too? Yeah. Um, Peter Capaldi. S- yeah. So he had this way of explaining it away, just in case they ever, ca- I don't know, whatever. Um and it kind of feels like because they made a big deal and deep breath about his face. Like, where did these fit? Like this face come? Like, I never know where the faces come from. So, like, right. I don't know. Maybe. What maybe. if? Um, what if? I mean, you're right. Like, what if it's setting up that? But also, uh, there's kind of a, a similar thing happening with Clara, right? Because there was like two other versions of her. Oh, yeah. So, like, like, what if there's something going on with oh. that? What if? What if here here's a here's a weird thought. What if Clara's the master? Holy crap. Boom. What if oh. Clara's the master and is just has her like memory erased or yeah, she, she has, watch or whatever. She hasn't been watch. she hasn't been John Smith yet. Yeah. Or John Saxon yet. Right. And then oh. like at the end of Force of the Dead, like something happens and Clara's like, "Oh, right, I'm the master." Boom. Right. Huh. Then just slowly fade out, and then it's Stephen Moffat in a leather bound chair, just like slowly nodding and grinning. <laughs> oh. Tune in oh, next got week. You this time. <laughs> <laughs> next time. <I'll> talk to- <laughs> just when you were starting to like her. <laughs> What a tangled web we weave here on Doctor Who. <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's like, that was weird, right? Too. <laughs> oh my god! The face in the credits for the week after is just Moffat's face. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of Peter Capaldi's eyes, it's just Moffat. Hey guys. Hey guys. Um. Now that's interesting. I'm. Because like I was never quite, or I wasn't satisfied about a lot of series seven, but I was never really quite satisfied with the explanation as to why we had Oswin mm-hmm. and Nanny or like Victoria and Clara. Because uh-huh. like yeah. just because she, you know, binge watched Doctor Who through a wormhole <laughs> doesn't really explain how she assumed different identities. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and it it would be yeah. really great if they if they they basically. Um, if it ended up that it was all just like setting up for the explanation of why there's multiple Peter Capaldi's in the Doctor Who universe. Sure. And it also means that at some point we could like walk into a like a cobbler shop and there's like Matt Smith as a cobbler. Right. <laughs> well, and it also means that, you know, it it if if it's if her having multiple versions of herself or whatever throughout time is to set up 
the 12th doctor having multiple versions of himself throughout time, then you're kind of, I mean, it, it seems like it would make sense that it's a time Lord thing. And in which case that would mean that Clara would need to be a time Lord. Right. In which case I would like to think that she's the master or, or the Ronnie, Psych, I guess. She's the Ronnie. But, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, either way, it's fine. Yeah. Um, Lord knows we need a good Ronnie because we do. We didn't. We had one, and it was a waste. <sighs> um, and then but, she becomes like the main villain of season nine. Yeah. Ooh. And that's why she's leaving the show as companion because she's oh, going to be the villain. I like that. She's leaving the show as like a series regular, so she can right. be like in three episodes at the very end. Right. Mm. Here at the Doctor's Companion, we like to swing for the fences. Yes. With our theories. <laughs> And it's, and you know, and, and sometimes we hit a foul ball, probably most of the times, but can you imagine if we get one of these right? (laughs) Can you imagine? Hey. We, I don't know. We like to dream here. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, just think about how sweet it'll be, the glory, if we, it turns out that we're right. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You heard it here first. Yes. Uh. (laughs) All right. Anyway, all right. So let's let's actually talk about the, the episode now, <laughs> rather than our, our weird. Now Clara I really want evil theories. Clara, like evil Clara master team up. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about Clara in this because okay. uh, Clara gets to play doctor, and she even has her own companion. Um, her companion, who who I swear to God, he's basically just. I, I I'm convinced that Paul Wilmshurst just saw Attack the Block and was like, "Yeah, that that guy, that guy." Because he's just Moses, right? Moses, yeah. yeah. But his yeah. name was like Muggsy or something. R- Rigsy. <laughs> just like a, a just a real like artful dodger like name for like a like a, like a kid, like a rough kid. Yeah. yeah. So well, uh, my name's Rigsy. also, oh my god, it, this is okay. We're at the end of Act Two, and Clara's pretending to be the Doctor. Yeah. Like Ooh, just just yeah. before the reveal that she ah. ends up is a Time Lord. Holy crap, please. Yeah. She would make a good Time Lord. She would make a good Time Lord. Remember that remember there was that that, that dumb fan rumor that they're like, oh, Claire is gonna be the next doctor. And I was like, is she? <laughs> I just remember reading that. <laughs> Wait, how like, would Oh is she? How would is that, that how would that work? I don't know. People are just they just like to say things. Like us. Know. Yeah. Well, at least we have like <laughs> reasons to back it up. Those people don't have any reasons. They just like Jenna Coleman. Yeah. That's I all. mean, and... I, I like Jenna Coleman, but <laughs> we do <Yeah>. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I never thought I would like Clara and here yeah. she is. Yeah. Being She's awesome. great now. I think I I actually think I do prefer her to Amy now. Yeah. Cuz Amy Amy was just a plot device with mm-hmm. very long legs. As we were constantly <laughs> reminded, Amy Amy started in a good place and then went downhill very quickly, and then yeah. ended at like a really low point for a character. Whereas Clara was the opposite, which yeah. I find really interesting. Um, but yeah, so uh, so anyway, so Clara in this episode gets to play as the Doctor and uh, gets her own companion, and uh, that's a lot of fun. I I think this was a really clever way to do a Doctor Light story. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally. Doctor yeah, Light. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, 
I, I like that it's a Dr. Light episode, uh, but it still has the doctor throughout the whole thing. They just shot it all in two days. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. All of his stuff was, like, shot in one day or a day and a half or something like that. And, like, when he's when he comes out of the TARDIS, you you freaking feel it. The way, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That moment is so good. That's, I mean, that's that's the 11th hour moment you were talking about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, where he just pops out and he's like, I was trying to help you guys, but... You had to be jerks, and obviously you're just monsters. So I got to do what I got to do. And I'm gonna, gonna give you a <laughs> gonna give you a name. Yeah, so you can come back. Ugh, and- Ugh. the bo- the boneless. Oh, such a good monster. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, such a good monster. And so I love that. So creepy. Oh yeah, so creepy. And I, I loved like- how uh, I loved how Clara outsmarted them. Oh, that was such a great reveal. Oh my god, I was like, oh Clara, you're so cool now. <laughs> <laughs> I really so liked cool. the design of the monsters too. How it was like vaguely stop motion. It looked like stop motion animated. Yeah, so yeah. Cool. I haven't watched this week's Doctor Who extra, so I don't know how they did that. But cool. it was really awesome. It just reminded me of Attack the Block. Now that you mention it, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Yeah, this definitely had an Attack the Block vibe. Yeah. I'm saying Joe Cornish. I think it should be the Ben Wheatley of season nine. That'd be cool. That'd be. Awesome. I'd be for it. Uh, that one guy, the jerky uh, old man bully guy. Oh, Filch. Yeah. Filch, yeah, the Filch <laughs> guy. Um, I did really like that he he like started as a jerk and then ended it and he as just a jerk. Looked, like he just his, went through zero change it was, whatsoever. It was something kind of beautiful where he was like, "Yeah, all those people that died were jerks. I'm glad they're dead. Bye." Yeah. And his the last shot is him just out of focus walking home. Yeah, <laughs> there's no comeuppance. No, None. no catharsis. He's like, I no. Mean, at he, one point, at one point in the story, he literally just grabs the TARDIS out of Clara's purse and throws it down a <laughs> down, throws it down a subway chute. And you're just like, why did you do that? No, he's just like, I'm tired of you talking to that guy. And she's Give like, I can still talk to him. He's in my ear. <laughs> why did you just do that? He just goes on, like, well, just, that was a thing. A psychotic murderer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the be- I think my favorite moment of the whole episode, though, is the doctor, like, moving the TARDIS, like, thing from the Adams. Oh, dude, she, cause, dude, that was, dude, I almost, like, like yelped in joy because she was like, like, Adam's family. And I was like, what does that mean? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that little dance he did at the very end uh-huh. was so delightful. <laughs> the dance that that caused the TARDIS to flip back on. Yes, yeah, so that was perfect. <laughs> oh, uh, I loved. Oh God, that was so good. That was uh, just all of the stuff that they did with the TARDIS in this was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the tiny TARDIS just like spinning into the subway as it gets bigger, and I was like, "Oh, a tiny TARDIS is <laughs> so cute. I want one." <laughs> <laughs> The uh, what, what what did they call the TARDIS when it turned into a box? What was that called? Oh. Siege mode. Yeah, siege mode. The siege mode TARDIS. It looked like one of those message boxes, like yeah, the one from uh, Doctor's Wife. Ooh, it was nice. just like it was like less glowy. Maybe it's another clue, uh, another Time Lord. Hey. Mm. What if what if that's what those messages are? What if they're just like little little, little TARDISes? Siege TARDISes. Yeah, like little siege TARDISes with a dead Time Lord oh. in there. <laughs> Maybe. Because he drained all the energy. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that might even be just something we're supposed to, like, conclude on our own. 
That might right. not, that might not even be a reveal. That might just be like 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 mythos. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Oh man, um, I love the line where the, the doctor was like, "Oh, someone's like taking all the gravity, or someone's taking all the dimensional energy." And Claire was like, "Aliens?" And he was like, "Possibly. Who am I kidding? Probably. <laughs> Probably aliens." <laughs> oh, there was this really kind of beautiful moment in the beginning when they they weren't Clara and the doctor weren't talking about anything. They were. It was almost kind of dull. They were like, so are you going home? She's like, yeah, probably. Are we uh, Are we at the place? Yeah, yeah, just give me a few minutes. And there was, there was something so kind of like charming about how mundane it was. Like, oh, like they're not always running and jumping. Like sometimes they're just like, uh, you know, it's, it's like when you're leaving a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know. I found that really charming for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because she doesn't treat the TARDIS as her home. She treats it like every other companion treats it as their home. You know, yeah. they're just this is the this is the cruise ship that they're living on for a few months. Right. Um, and then uh, but, but Clara uses it as like her buddy's apartment, mm-hmm. you know, it's, to hide from her clingy boyfriend. It turns out. Yeah. Was revealed this week. The reason that Danny Pink has been so cool about her hanging out with a doctor is because he doesn't know about it. Yeah. Interesting. I don't see it. That's the one thing I don't like about this episode, though, because it was like, yeah, he's cool with it. That's awesome. Cool dynamic. And now it's just like a clingy boyfriend. Uh, Yeah. We don't even necessarily. We'll see see how it how it plays out, though. Um, Yeah. I think I'm at the point with this with this season of Doctor Who in that, like, I don't want to I don't want to prejudge anything until I get to the end of it. You know, like the soldier thing. It was like. Yeah, it was like, oh, we hate this soldier thing, and then like the the next few episodes, we're like, <laughs> okay, well, we like we we hate it less now, so maybe we should stop. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see how that all ties up. Yeah, I do, I do really appreciate the dynamic of Danny Pink being the sort of homebound spouse, and Clara being kind of like the Spider Man, you know. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you're always late. Why, like, where do you go all day? And you know, it's I don't know. The kind of the gender reversal of that is kind of it's kind of fun for me. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's about time that that a, a man played the ma- naggy wife, right? Sure. It's, it's, it's about time that uh, happened. <laughs> I don't know though. Like, I feel like we've had that before though i guess with rory kind of with rory and well rory though he was like he was like no the foot's down and she's like "Mm, it's not and he's like well then i'm gonna come and she's like okay and then she did and then it was it was fine i don't know (laughs) or it kind of reminds me of um the beginning of mickey and rose's relationship too or like when we see it oh yeah a little bit because well let's be honest mickey was in the friend zone yeah (laughs) i'm kidding (laughs) <laughs> Mickey was uh, uh, Mickey was Mickey was still finding himself <laughs> Mickey, Mickey, I don't know Like I, I appreciate where Mickey ended up But uh-uh. it just it, it's, it just reminds me uh, it's just, Like clingy like I don't know, clingy jealous boyfriend Is something that we've seen so many times before And I just am over it Yeah, well we'll see how it plays Yeah, because we don't even know if he's jealous He just doesn't know Yeah but does he though? Because I mean, I, well, I guess it's implied that he doesn't know. But she, didn't she like talk about it with him and 
Because he knows... It's not like he's completely ignorant. Like, he must know. He's not dumb. Sure. He's like, where are you? Oh, loud noises. I'm like, well, I wonder where she where she is right now. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, little uh, does she know that I'm the Valyard. <laughs> Wait till that happens. <laughs> yes. Um... <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. It's just it's just a trope that I think, uh, like, clingy, jealous uh, partner. Because it doesn't even have to be, like, a gender sure. thing. It's just, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I'm interested in you romantically, but I'm also not okay with you... Having a friend. Having adventures. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of, we know that it's going to, if, okay, again, like, with this trope, I'm not talking specifically about Danny Pink and Clara, but with this trope, it's always like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you have to choose. And then it's always the person like, well, have fun with those adventures. I'm cool with it now. And getting there is always such a chore because we know that's where it's going. Yeah. Right. It's like when whenever you meet like a very bigoted character in a science fiction story, mm-hmm. you know that person's just going to be super bigoted about the green people, even though he's a purple person. And then a green person's going to like push the purple person out of the way. And the purple person's going to be like, I guess you green people aren't that bad after all. And we're like, yeah, we cool. We saw this coming. Well, yeah. but is it is uh, uh has Clara been back since the last episode, or is she still gone from her her quote unquote last outing? Oh, interesting. We don't we don't really know how much time has oh, passed. Oh yeah, we don't know. Yeah, so like maybe he just you know like as far as he's he knows like maybe maybe he's not being like super clingy so much as it's like where are you? You know, last time I talked to you, you were really mad at the doctor and was like, I'm, I'm done. So maybe he's just un- working under that assumption still. Is there, are you yeah. okay? And like, maybe it's, maybe it's a more, uh, the onus is more on her in that she doesn't want to admit that she changed her mind, you know? Sure. Yeah. Which is, we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's more of like a stubborn kind of thing where she's just like, ah, I don't want to. Seem yeah. wishy-washy, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to explain the wishy-washiness of all of this. Um, and maybe she explains it to him in the next episode, and he's like, "But I don't understand." She's like, "Well, then you should come with me, and then maybe you'll understand." And then there you go. Can I take my little mates? <laughs> <laughs> One of them talks back to me in a very sort of charming, <laughs> ruffian way. Uh. I liked the way that they kind of inverted their relationship that we saw last week with the doctor having to make all the hard decisions and we, now it's on Clara this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. That's and, very clever. And there was, you know, this kind of this very compelling moment where Clara was like, what do I tell them? And the doctor's like, well, you, you, you lie to them. She's yeah. like, is that what you do? You tell them it's going to be okay. And I was like, oh yeah, because this happens like this happened last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was, it was, it's just a very interesting exploration of these tropes that in in new who specifically that we've become very accustomed to mm-hmm. where it's like oh this is the part where they start getting picked off one by one we we've seen this for like eight seasons now but let's actually talk about the ramifications of this and what it means about the people making these promises and mm-hmm. i don't know it, 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 it's nice to know it's nice to see new who growing because for the past seven years it's like we're back we're back we're back and now it's like okay yeah what we're not even back anymore. We've been here. So what are we doing? Like, what what is this right. show about? And it's it's especially encouraging that it's a new writer too. Because mm-hmm. I I'm so excited for this guy to come back because I just want to see more of his 
vision and his spin on Doctor Who because it's so interesting and he's so good at it. Ugh. Yeah. I just want to watch everything he's ever written now. I think I read somewhere that he wrote for Being Human, the UK version. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to watch that. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's excellent. Hey, speaking uh, of yeah. Being Human, you know who else I wouldn't mind coming back in Series, series 9? I know. Yeah, no kidding. Toby uh, Whithouse. <sighs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, I mean, you know, not that I'm not enjoying Moffat now, because I am. Um, I like his... Uh, He's he's obviously kind of um, reinvented himself this season, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I I quite like. But I do hope that I hope that by the time he's done with series nine, he's like, yeah, I've said everything I need to say, and uh, we can get a new showrunner. Because one would hope. Yeah, we need a we need a we need a uh, we need to rip off the band aid, sure, and, and and start fresh. I think. Yeah. Um. But you know. Uh, he said that he's got a bunch of ideas that he's really excited for in series nine. I'm interested to see what those are. Um, like Clara master, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Space Irish jaws. Yeah. Space Irish <laughs> jaws. Clara master and space Irish jaws. Um, maybe, maybe he'll leave with Capaldi. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That'd be good. Cause then, then he got two doctors and you know, Russell T got two doctors and, and we can get to the next new guy. There we go. That'd be that's not too bad. Yeah. It's not too bad, especially when you consider how good this season has been. Oh sure. Like I'm I'm not I'm so much more the the idea of another Moffat season is way more enticing than it was last year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you're like, Absolutely. oh you've got your you've got your enth- but it's not even it was always enthusiastic. It's just I like what he's enthusiastic. I I I'm enthusiastic about what he is enthusiastic about now. Right. I feel like I'm on the same page as him as a fan of the show for the first time in a long time. Well, I think he's figured out how to show run a show this season. Sure. You know? <laughs> I mean I mean, you know, I, I, I sounds like that sounds like a terrible thing, but if you look at, you know, what he's done before taking over Doctor Who, he wrote one episode that Russell T. Davies wouldn't give him any notes on because they were right. so brilliant. <laughs> Um, and he, he created like three shows that he wrote every episode of. Sure. So his version of, of, of show running is just authorship. Like the Aaron, so the Aaron not, Sorkin method. Right. He's not used to, uh, you know, not writing every single episode and like having to quality control and all of that stuff. Um, and I think it's taken him a couple of seasons, you know, cause season five was, was nice because there was a long pre-production for series five. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a year of pre-production right. on series five. And, uh, I think series six, uh, really caught up with him, um, hard. And then series seven was a little bit better because it was so split up, you know? So it, it gave yeah, him a little bit more, more time. time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the reason, then, that's why series five seems so meticulously designed. Right. Cause of all of that pre-production mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I I I can look back at his tenure now, and I can be like, oh, okay, I see what was going on. Um, the poor guy just didn't know what he was doing, <laughs> um, and and you don't blame him. I mean, it's it's a huge thing, you know. And Russell T Davies, uh, I think, is a much faster writer than Moffat, and mm-hmm. because he's so character centric, his speed doesn't really affect the quality of his episodes. Whereas Moffat is more plot centric, so that's that's problematic. Who's going to make out? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have a. I don't have a. I don't have a Russell T Davies voice yet, but we're working on it. Okay. Hello. 
They're all gay. Um, so. (laughs) Oh my god. So, uh, so yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in the prospect of, of, uh, of a series nine with Moffat just because, um, I want to know what he's so excited about. And, uh, you know, I feel like that could be, you know, his swan song on the show at that point. Mm-hmm. Sure. Which would be, which would be good. And I do, I do, uh, I know a lot of people who stopped watching last year. Um, I feel bad for those people now because they're really missing out. They're like not sure. watching this season. They're like, oh, I don't even miss it. And I was just like, ugh. It's so good yeah. this season. <laughs> it's, it's hard to explain how much it has changed. Yeah. On like a fundamental. Feels, uh, yeah. No, it feels like a completely, not a different show, but it feels back where I'm interested in it. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way to phrase that. But it's it's more along the lines of Doctor Who than the Stephen Moffat hour. And like. Right. I, yeah. And he, I mean. It's been a while since we've had a Moffat episode. It's been a couple weeks, but I mean, his last episode was wonderful, and I, I never thought I would be excited about Doctor Who again to the lever that I am right now because this, this is approaching season five territory, and it's really, really yeah. awesome. It's just yeah. excited. It's all about how they stick the landing. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. If they yeah. can, if they can just clear that, it doesn't even have to be the master. But as long as there's like a, oh my, you know, that moment in series five when, you know, the doctor is locked inside of the Pandora and you're like, what the F is going to happen next week? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want us to be just in a, just, you know, an uproar of excitement when we yeah. get to episode 11. Um, just, yeah. Just, just, just rip the world apart. You know what I mean? Like go all out. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but in the meantime, we have uh, in the force of the night next week, which um, My should be interesting. I I really hope it doesn't feel like padding because it really feels like we're building up to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if next week brings us back down again, like just in not in terms of quality, but just in terms of pacing, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'll be a little disappointed. But. Well, let, let, let's take a minute. Let's look back now, listeners, in the annals of New Who. And take a look at the penultimate episode before the finale. Mm-hmm. We have um, Boomtown. 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 Which is, I mean, because I feel like the episode before the finale always gets a bad rep because it's the episode right before the finale. Sure. Yeah. So it's always like, um, you know. Boomtown gets a bad rap for me because I just can't stand the farting aliens. I hate them. <laughs> oh. oh, but Boomtown's really good. I hate the farting aliens. Oh, them. RTD. That's fair. um and then what's fear her well fear her fear her no let's hope it's not a fear her (laughs) and then um utopia well i always count utopia as part of the finale yeah but that's only because of the last five minutes it's still a penultimate episode that's true yeah 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 See, like utopia. That's I want of, a utopia. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's what I want in the Forest of the Night to be as a utopia, for sure. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, it's this like, is... oh we're going to tell you this story, and then bam, last five minutes. Just right. Missy Especially a... if Missy ends up being the master. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Vote Missy. That would be, 
That'd be really nice. <laughs> um, what was what was uh, uh, series four was turn n- left. Uh, turn left. Turn left. That's right. That's another really good penalty. Yeah, that's one. another one. Good. Um, um, and then uh, the lodger. Hey. Okay, that's 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 a nice quiet one. I would yeah. probably compare that one to uh, to probably Boomtown, right? Yeah, so that's like kind the, of the calm, the calm, the calm before the storm. Right, yeah. that kind of episode. Um, yeah. Oh, and then um, the uh, 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 closing time. Yeah. Oh, that was the penultimate one of that one too, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then series seven had like two. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't. I, what was the series well, seven? Well, it was the, the power right of three, and then. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> the power of three. Yeah. And then uh, what was what was right before da, name da, of the doctor? Da. Um. Fiftieth. Oh, F. No. no, name of the doctor, not night. Oh, of the name doctor. of the doctor. Yeah, name oh. of the doctor. Oh, crab. I don't even. I'm um, not as. Wait, wait. Okay, so people. it was Bells of St. John. Yep. Um, Rings of Rakuten. Submarine Time. Yep. Haunted House World. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> something. What? What came after Submarine Town? Um, wait, wait, so Submarine Town, Haunted House World. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of images. It sounds like, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like levels in, uh, in a Mario. Oh, oh, the, the Cyberman one. Oh, oh ne- Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. Carnival Prince World, yes. Yeah, yeah, Nightmare in Silver. That was yeah. the penultimate one. I call it Carnival World. Yeah, Carnival, Carnival World. World. That level in, uh... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like world world uh, world 7.9 wow series and, uh, 7 series 7 is kind of like an old school video game where you're like this is the submarine level this is the haunted house level this is the yeah. carnival level and this is the <laughs> post apocalyptic graveyard level that's the boss the boss fight the boss fight the boss battle yeah it's really weird with the guy from with Mill and I um <laughs> yeah so so hopefully uh Hopefully next week is a really nice penultimate episode. Yeah. I'd really like I'd really like a Utopia turn left style kind mm-hmm. of episode. Jungle level. Yeah. Although I Jungle think this level. is technically our turn our turn left style episode because turn left was a Doctor Light episode. Sure. So uh, hopefully I, I want a Utopia. That's what I want next week. He's wearing his B outfit. He is. I'm excited about that because I love that B outfit. Mm-hmm. His what now? His the the B outfit, you know, you got the main iconic outfit, and then you've got the B outfit. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in his case, his B outfit is uh, the, the t-shirt, starry, the starry sweater. Oh okay. Yeah. So this week was the A outfit because yeah, had the cape. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and then every once in a while, you get like you know, like Mummy on the Orient Express. He has like he had like a variant skin. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he's never gonna wear that again. <laughs> We're just really <laughs> just gonna run this video game metaphor into the ground. Sure. Yeah. It's really good. You said B outfit, and I like immediately my first thought was Peter Capaldi in a B yes. suit, and I was like, "When was this?" Oh, see, when I just thought B costume in a B like suit. You just <laughs> got a B. Like, Look at my stinger. <laughs> but they never, they never call. Look it at out. it. Look at it. <laughs> Look at my stinger, Clara. It's the most, the most degrading oh costume. That's what he's wearing during Space Irish Jaws. Yes, the whole time. <laughs> The whole time. The ship got ticket. <laughs> Keep going. And Brendan Gleason's like, oh, I will, Doctor. Oh, my God. 
the shark in space. <laughs> hey man, uh, we had a moon dragon. Yeah, yeah, we had a moon dragon. Anything is possible. I want that. I want that thing to come back. It'd be. That'd be great. <laughs> it would have been nice for them to walk past a newspaper stand in this episode and just like the headline is like what. And it's just a picture of the moon dragon, like, flying away. <laughs> well, I don't think this was in the future. So oh, right. It was in the far future. Okay. It was like 50 years in the future. Or something it was like, like we're not going to oh talk about that at all. Like, <laughs> Danny's just like, oh, hey, what's going on? He's all like, oh, the moon was an egg. <laughs> I love that in the future, journalism like headlines are just like, what? How? <laughs> When, like, just it's just, just one word. they don't answer those questions. They just ask them in the headlines. Yes. It's just it's just a hashtag, and it's like, what what do I what do I reblog this under? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hashtag stop. <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right. We well, re- we really did like this one. I yeah, like we, I feel like we went off topic, but it, this was really just classic. Who? Mm. Yeah, definitely. It, it reminds me of Russell T, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is a compliment in my eyes. I know a lot of people bag on Russell T for various reasons, but this was good stuff. Yeah. Hey, he's the reason that we're all. He's the reason I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's true. Uh, I uh, yeah, I love this. Love this so much. Um. How long before they start selling uh, TARDIS and Siege mode as a toy? I want I want the human nervous system as a poster. Ugh. Ugh. No, like the 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 design, like the kind of like forest design on the wall. Where yeah, the, yeah, that that was a really cool design. It was a cool design. In context, it's horrifying, but like yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, it's like the boneless were trying to uh, like rebuild Doctor Manhattan. Yes. <laughs> That's what it was like. <laughs> yeah, I think that should be the new like two victory poster. <laughs> That's kind of horrifying. <laughs> to the That's nervous like... system. <laughs> <laughs> That's like if Hannibal is a Doctor Who fan. That I need that. I want, mm. I want that. You know the stuff in the <laughs> that was weird. I, I did I did that Hannibal first. I didn't do I didn't do Anthony Hopkins. Interesting. Uh, the the uh, the all the stuff that's in the subway in this uh, reminded me. A lot of um, into the Dalek, yeah. For some reason, because it's just a lot of them like looking over ledges and stuff. Uh uh-huh. yeah. It's probably the same set. Probably, you're probably <laughs> right. Actually, you're probably what know, right. This... It's it's long enough between the two episodes that they could have easily rebuilt that other one. <laughs> I love the BBC. Yeah. I'm oh, just, the BBC. I'm just I'm surprised so I'm surprised that one of the one of the one of the maintenance workers wasn't just like Martin Freeman like with a mustache. <laughs> has he been on Doctor Who yet? He hasn't, has he? No. There's there, there that man's not going to sleep until 2019. There's no way that they're going to squeeze him in the Doctor Who. Well, not now, okay. but yeah, I'm just I'm surprised that he never ended up on the show. Yeah. They got Bill Nye for Christ's sake. In kind of a never mind. I mean, I love Bill Nighy so much, and that monologue is one of is like a classic Who moment. But I do wish we could have seen him in a more like important role. Yeah, but I like that he's in that episode because of his relationship with the. Writer. Oh, absolutely, Richard Curtis. Yeah, I just so Bill Nighy is definitely someone that could show up again. And, but Bill Nighy and Simon Pegg, I say dash continuity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, you know, they can come back. It just means that they have to be doctors eventually. Yeah, <laughs> they have to be time. Hey, if, if there's anyone that screams, I'm a time lord, it's Bill Nighy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> it, just <laughs> makes me, it just makes me sad because it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul Montgomery, uh, uh, friend of the show, and he's on the uh, Eighth Doctor episodes here. Um, he uh, he's always wanted Bill Nye to play the Doctor, but he wants uh, he wants him to be a Doctor who uh, rides a rides a bike, and he wants his companion to be a little dog in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> Just Bill Nye on a bike with a dog, voiced by Simon Pegg. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be adorable. Anyway, I would watch two hours of that, just straight up. Yeah, just him on a bike, not even anything happening. Who wouldn't? Oh look, there's the uh, baker shop there. <laughs> Stop there later for some some pie. We get a pie, yes. <laughs> just content. If Simon Peck was the voice of the dog, it would be like a Shaun of the Dead reading. <laughs> yes, yeah, very much. Keep calling the doctor Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, Mom, good times. Mom, I don't want to. Wait, what's the line? He's like, he Philip touched me. <laughs> right, sorry. Sorry, that's not. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> it's 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 the look that he gives the mom. Yeah, <laughs> just just complete shame. Just <laughs> I can't believe I went there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> if you have thoughts on Shaun of the Dead, uh, <laughs> you share. find the post of this episode on the doctorscompanion.us and leave a comment, or you can send us an email, tdcpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you, uh, like me and you want to check my other shows out, uh, go to mindrobber.net. Check out the flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, the spinoff podcast, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we talk about Joss Whedon series. Uh, or you can check out the podcast I do with Nick called Not Writing. Uh, it's a conversation show. It's good times. Check that out. Also, all of those are available on iTunes. If you're on Twitter, follow us at TDC Podcast so you know the second a new episode hits. Or you can follow our personal accounts. I'm at Scott Corelli, Nick is at Nick M. Jimenez, and Cassandra is at Dark Hearted Rose. If you like the show, do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Most importantly, of course, be our street team. Get out there, tell people about us, uh, shout, shout, our, shout our name from rooftops, um, and then explain that it's a podcast and that they should listen. Because <laughs> um, without the context, people would be very confused. The Doctor's Companion. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like, Nick, Scott, Cassandra. No. <laughs> uh, next like time. <laughs> next time, we'll be back to talk about In the Forest of the Night. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Take it away, Muse.